Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Algramson. Thank you for joining me today. Today, we're going to jump back into a walk with Jesus. Now, I understand it's been a little bit. We have the revival and some other things going on. And so we kind of got away from it for a little bit. But it's time to jump back in. Now, we are in episode 15 today. And we're going to talk about the Sabbath. We're going to talk about the healing of a withered hand. We're going to talk about healing multitudes. And uh, if you have forgotten or need a, a refresher on what's going on, so what we're doing is we're taking Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we are looking at instances that happen in Scripture, walking through the New Testament, and we are seeing what the nuances are. So maybe we get the main line from, in some instances, Matthew, and we'll look at Mark and Luke and John and see if there are nuances in what they said, so differences in what they said that add to the story that's being told, right? And when I say story, I'm not saying these are fictional um, or, you know, it, it it's not... It's not something written for our entertainment, right? It's not a fake story, but a true story. And so don't ever get confused when I say a story. This is the storyline in this is we're going to talk about a Sabbath. We're going to talk about a withered hand. We're going to talk about multitudes getting healed. Glory to God. But they're very, very true, right? And so we want to keep that in mind. When we left off with episode 14... Um, we left off with witnesses to Jesus. Now, our main text in this, let's cover our main text. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you're a little confused on that, the Word is Jesus. Okay, so anytime you see the Word, in reference like this, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning. So you could actually substitute and you could say in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him and without him nothing was created that was created. In him was life and the life was the light of mankind the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Referencing Jesus. Okay, so we're not confused about that. And then John chapter 5, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So, Put that one in a nutshell. Jesus doesn't do anything without first seeing the Father do it, right? So the Father gives him the example, he does it. Jesus gave us the example, we do it. Glory to God. John 8, 26. I have many things to say and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. And so we see that Jesus, not only does Jesus do what he sees the Father do, but now we hear he says what, the fa what he hears the, the Father say. Glory to God. So, and we left off with the witness. And that was in John chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 31 through 47. So this will just catch us back up. And it's Jesus. And he says, if I bear witness of myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the testimony which he bears of me is true. You sent John. You sent to John, and he bore witness of the truth. I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. I have a greater testimony than that of John. The works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. The Father himself who has sent me has borne witness of me. You have never, 
excuse me, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. These are they who bear witness of me. Yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. Boy, we don't want to hear that, do we? Mm. We don't want to hear a statement like that coming from Jesus. I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. Glory to God. Uh, Verse 43, I have come in my Father's name, but you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe? Who receive glory from one another and seek not the glory that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And it was Jesus, and he was talking to the Pharisees who have spent quite a lot of time now trying to uh, trick him and trap him and disprove him uh, to no success. He's made them look rather foolish. And so let's go to plucked grain. This is so good. I really like this. And it just shows you the, uh, the hypocrisy and the vanity of the Pharisees and just how far they will go. Because they'll, they'll forsake Scripture in, in order to uh, be able to persecute Jesus. They will forsake every Scripture they have grown to know and learn. And, and it's really just a shame. So let's go to Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. So starting in verse one, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the heads of grain and to eat. (laughs) But when the Pharisees saw it, and I chuckled because I just, glory to God, so so we've got scriptures, so we've got these things in front of us, right? And and so we see and read these things, and we know what's coming, and we know about Jesus, and and, uh, so we have that advantage. We have the New Testament to go through and to learn from. And and so I do kind of chuckle, but I chuckle because I have that advantage. If I was ignorant of the New Testament, I may not chuckle. I may not find it humorous of what's going to happen next. Because when I see here in verse 2, when it says, But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Now, you got to understand, there were so many man-made ordinances. Yes, God gave us some things, right? The Ten Commandments, and, and he gave us the law through Moses. And there were things in the law that said you could not, could or could not do on the Sabbath. But these guys had taken it so far. They'd taken it to an extreme. To where they practically crippled Israel with this, with, with their nonsense about the Sabbath. And, and Jesus really puts this into effect right here. And so in verse 3, Jesus says to them, but he said to them, Have you not read what David and those who were with him did when he was hungry? How he entered the house of God and ate the ritual bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple, they profane the Sabbath? but they are blameless. I say to you, in this place, there is one who is greater than the temple. If you had known what this meant, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, 
for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Glory to God, that's so good. So very, very good. But you got to see they're so... They're so set, like many in the world today, right, uh, who have bought into this perpetual lie about uh, so many different things. It can be about sickness and disease. It could be about um, certain parts of the word being done away with. It, it, it could be, glory to God, it, it could just be that socialism is the answer. Marxism is the answer. Communism is the answer. None of these things are the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer, right? But people have been so bought into, and in the even the political environment is so charged that you cannot, uh, most times, hold a conversation with another person of a differing opinion because somewhere, somehow, anger gets in there and divides us. The devil's done a great job of attacking us in different places. And causing division. And so this, this is something that, that we need to pay attention to. The Pharisees, they were just so driven to catch Jesus in an error or catch him uh, breaking the law, catch him doing something deserving of their uh, coming down on him their desire, to, their lust to kill him. Now, do you understand this, this? This hunger that they had in there to drive Jesus out, to kill him, it, it, it went beyond normal. Okay, this was a lust, like a psychopathic killer. Just a lust to find any reason, any justification, uh, and any opportunity to be able to do this but do it in such a way that it would boost their image in the eyes of the people. It would prove that they were the men of God who everybody needed to listen to. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you people, look, I might be a man of God. There might be a lot of men of God out there, a lot of women of God out there, a lot of people who know the Word of God inside and out. You don't take the person's word for it. You take scripture for what they say. Okay. And that's what we're doing here. We're going through the scriptures. So this lust to just rid the world of Jesus, because honestly, he was a threat to them. I mean, come on, in our, in our, our scriptures for this, we see that Jesus Christ is the light and darkness, darkness can't stand the light. But it can't overcome the light. That's so good. And so you have this natural uh, desire to rid the area of light and they, they can't, they can't overcome it. And so the frustration and, and everything, it just mounts. It, it gets, it's so uh, interesting. Because we can, like I said, we see it in our daily lives. Okay, all you have to do is get on social media and post a comment that is contrary to what the 98% are saying. And you will get a lot of people making snide remarks back to you, being intolerant, uh, being so hypercritical of you and calling you things that, I mean, they don't even know you. And they're going to call you things that, that you just are not going to appreciate. And so, Jesus, it's no different. The devil doesn't have new tricks, guys. He just uses the same ones over and over and over again because they work for him. Right? And so he's using the same thing on us today that he used on Jesus back then. And so, uh, now, Oral Roberts, I've got his, my personal commentary uh, King James Version. Excuse me. And so he says, and let me read this to you because I really like the way he puts this. He says, Concern for strictly religious forms does not begin to compare with Christ's concern that your needs be met. And he's referencing 
the the uh, disciples being hungry on the Sabbath and they're journeying from one place to another and they're picking heads of grain and they're eating it, right? They're hungry. And so concern for strictly religious forms does not begin to compare with Christ's concerns that your needs be met. Jesus turns to the Pharisees who were the most knowledgeable men and teachers of their day on matters of the Jewish law and asked them this question. Have you ever read the law? You see, they had lost sight of the true meaning of the old covenant God made with Abraham, which was far more than strict obedience to the law and to ritual. It was based upon a personal faith relationship with the living God who cares when a person is hungry. Now, Abraham constantly opened his heart and gave of himself, of his goods, of his services. The Pharisees, as religious leaders, were takers, not givers. We've all known a few of those. The most important thing that Jesus can be to you is love, which you can start giving as your seed of faith or as seed of your faith. Seed faith makes you loving compassionate, and joyful in the Lord. And that was from Oral Roberts' personal commentary on the King James Version. Um, In his commentary, Oral Roberts, again, uh, in the New Testament comes alive. He says, The Sabbath day was given as a day of rest. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. When we hold up a day above other days, to the extent that that day becomes more important than human beings or the needs of our lives, our sacrifices to God are worthless. He is calling upon us to be merciful, humane people. And so, yeah, the Pharisees were stuck. They were so intent on hurting Jesus. Um, and, And for no other reason then they were threatened by Jesus because here came a man. I mean, come on, if you go back to uh, when they were journeying, right, with his parents and he was missing for three days, this was at the age of 12 years old, and they go back and they find him in the temple and he's, he's, he's teaching, he's answering questions, he's talking with the very men who knew Scripture, but didn't know Scripture. And he stumped them, and they were amazed by him. Okay, so from the age of 12, he's been amazing these Pharisees, these scribes, these, these men of the law who knew the law inside and out. And he's amazing them, right? And so by now, he's 30, 30, three years old, somewhere in there. And at any rate, he's, he's, he's a threat now, right? Because he's gathering people. People are flocking to him. Do you understand when you see the good shepherd, the way you know he's a good shepherd is his flock willingly follows him because he cares for him. So, we see here they've taken the Sabbath day and they've, they burden man with it. You can't do anything. Multiple times through Scripture, you're going to see where Jesus healed a man and they don't even see the miracle of the healing. What they see is that the man, that Jesus told the man, pick up your bed and go. And it was the Sabbath. And, and they're saying, oh no, you can't pick up your bed and go. Right? Because technically, picking up your bed is physical work. Well, I'm sorry. Then there's so many things you could not actually do in the day on the Sabbath. And that's man burdening man with law. Glory to God. And not even God-given law, right? They're just, and and they were so good at that. Uh, Let's move on to the withered hand. So in Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 14, It reads, when he departed, Jesus, when Jesus departed from there, he went into their synagogue and there was a man whose hand was withered. They asked him, 
is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Okay, they're setting him up again. Here we go. That they may, excuse me, that they might accuse him. Now he says to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into the pit on a Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Then, how much better is a man than a sheep? Therefore, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? So, I'm going to pause right there. So, he he really put it to him in such a way where not so much them, but the people around who were witnessing this, they're going to go, oh yeah, right. Yeah. I saw you pick your sheep up out of the pit the other day, and it was a Sabbath day. I've seen you do that. I'd do it. Um, or they may say, start wondering, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, they're right. It, is it really that bad that we do these things on the Sabbath? And so he's getting the attention of the people around. Plus, he's putting the Pharisees in a position where they have to say, it's evil to do good on the Sabbath. And they won't say it. They're not going to say it. Glory to God. So let's pick this back up. That was verse 12. Verse 13, Jesus says to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored whole like the other. <laughs> and then the Pharisees went out and took counsel against him how they might kill him. They knew they had no legal way to refute him for healing somebody on the Sabbath. Okay. Now, Mark, let's look at Mark. Mark says it a little bit different. So Mark chapter three, verses one through six. And then we'll look at Luke because he puts a different, a little difference in there also. They captured, it's the same, uh, it is the same story, right? It's the same thing that happened, period, across the board. But we have three different people and two of them. So Mark is going to go off of what Peter has related to him about this, right? Matthew was there. He's telling his his side of it, what he saw. Mark, he's he's been... It's all been related to Mark through Peter. And, and so he's going from what he knows. Luke, it's been related to him. Uh, he spent a lot of time with Paul and, and those guys. And he spent a lot of time around the apostles. And, and so he's relating it. And they all come from different backgrounds. So they're going to catch different things, right? Mark says it this way. Verse one, again, he entered the synagogue and there was a man who had a withered hand. They watched him, Jesus, to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Now he says to the man who had the withered hand, stand up. Then he said to him, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. When he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch your hand forward. He stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out immediately, took counsel with the Herodians against him, how to kill him. Now we know Herod and his whole Family, they've had a really hard time with the prophecy over Jesus, the King of the Jews, and and uh, and all of that. And so, you know, there's a, a natural enemy for Jesus anyway. And, and so they took counsel with him. How are we going to get rid of the world? How are we going to rid the world of him? And in Luke, now Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11 he says, on another Sabbath, when Jesus entered the synagogue and taught, there was a man whose right hand had withered. So he's very precise. 
the scribes and the Pharisees watched Jesus to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find an accusation against him. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Rise and stand in front. (laughs) So he rose and he stood in front. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Then looking around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with madness and discussed with each other what they might do to Jesus. Now, these nuances. So in Matthew, he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? So he relayed the story of the sheep, right? And how much better is man than a sheep? In Mark, it's, is it lawful to do good or evil, to save life or to kill? And he became angry because they would not, they were just, their hard hearts grieved him and caused him to be angry. In Luke, he says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? to save life or destroy it. And they won't answer because they know the truth. But they they don't want to deal in the truth. Which is why in in the word, Jesus calls them a brood of vipers. It's it's why he calls them, uh, you are of your father, the devil, the father of lies. There's no truth in him. And he keeps referring to these guys. So you watch through the New Testament and you'll see these things. And, uh, yeah, it's just so good to see. So when you get caught up in doing good, right? And somebody looks on you and they say, uh, they twist it and they try to make what you're doing out to be, um, something it's not. Don't, don't get caught up in it. They did it to Jesus. So let's cover the multitudes healed. Matthew chapter 12, and we're just going right on through the New Testament, right? This will be the last part of it So uh, for this episode. So Matthew 12, verses 15 through 21, it reads, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. So knew it, referring back to they went out to take counsel on how they could kill him, right? And so Jesus knew it. He withdrew from there and great crowds followed him. Great crowds followed him. Great crowds witnessed what took place. They didn't follow the Pharisees. They followed Jesus. Now, how much more angry do you think that made the Pharisees and the scribes, the men of the law, Because here Jesus once again pretty much just put them in their place and embarrassed them in front of all these people. Okay? And and when and and it's just like when Jesus Jesus was crucified and they buried him and he went down to the, the pits of hell. Okay? He went down to hell and spent three days there suffering everything for us. And then God reached down and went to resurrect him. Glory to God. And it says in Scripture that Jesus, he made fools of them. And he took back the keys of death and hell from the devil. He defeated, he claimed victory over, but not only victory over the devil, he paraded him around like the fool that he is publicly. Okay? And it's the same thing that's happening here. Publicly, Jesus, this is pre-cross, Jesus is making a fool of the children of the devil, the Pharisees and the scribes. 
And and glory to God, it's so good. So now great crowds followed Jesus, and you know that irked them, and he healed them all. Okay, and warned them that they should not make known make him known to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and and he will render judgment to the Gentiles. Glory to God, it's so good. He shall not struggle or cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he renders judgment unto victory. And in his name will the Gentiles trust. That's so good. Now Mark. Same same situation, right? And here's Mark's recollection of it. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed them from Galilee, and Judea, and Jerusalem, and Edomia, and beyond, and from beyond the Jordan, and those from Tyre and Sidon. A great crowd, when they heard what great things he did. Glory to God. They came to him. He told the disciples to have a small boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they should crush him. So they're pressing in on him. They're trying to get as close to Jesus as they can. Right? For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed on him to touch him. When unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him, crying out, You are the Son of God. But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. So let's look at some things here. First of all, let's start with the end. Where unclean spirits saw him in verse 11 and he says, and called him the son of God. And in 12, he he orders them not to make him known. Jesus, the son of man, the son of God, had authority in the flesh, had authority over demons or unclean spirits, however you want to refer to them. We have that self-same authority in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Glory to God. He gave us that name, so we have that authority also. Right? And he modeled it right here. So he he's not even trying to do anything with the unclean spirits at this time. They're, they're human. They're carrier is getting too close to Jesus for their comfort and they're crying out and we know who you are. Um, You are the son of God. And he's telling them, shut up. Zip it. You can't tell anybody. Zip it. He still had work to be done. Glory to God. Not only that, but let's look at this. Now he says, uh, let's see, where was that at? Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Edomia and from beyond the Jordan. A great crowd when they heard what great things he did. Guys, this is the witness that Jesus talks about when he said, These signs shall follow you, you, the believer. These signs will follow him who believes in Jesus Christ and receives him as our Lord and Savior, these signs, what he's doing, going into a place, healing, driving out demons, restoring sight, restoring hearing, restoring the tongue so that people can speak, these things that we do as believers, glory to God. These are the very witnesses of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And we need to recognize that. I mean, you see it right here. This is Jesus performing. Our witness should be no less than His because we have His authority. And He gave us the Holy Spirit. That's the power. Glory to God. And He gave us the Word as a model. 
He came in word form. Jesus Christ came in flesh, in word, modeled it out for us, walked it out for us. He gave us the word of God to teach us, to raise us up. Praise you, Lord. And, and he shows us by example what it is that, that should be working in us through the Holy Spirit, through our faith, through our belief. Glory to God. These things are amazing. These signs, these wonders, these miracles are the self-same things that Jesus says you're going to do. And greater work shall you do than I, for I go to my Father. Jesus served his time on the earth. He walked out God's plan for his life. What, what an amazing plan. What, a, what an amazing way to walk, right? He showed us what it's like to, to go into temptation in the flesh and defeat Satan, right? He showed us how to walk this world out in the flesh so that we know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So that we know that we're the victor and not the victim, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that we are above and not beneath, that we are the head and not the tail. Glory to God. That darkness cannot overcome the light. And if we have Jesus Christ in us, we have the light in us. And darkness cannot overcome us. He walked it out so we'd know these things. That's why we're going through this. Because you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know who you are in Jesus so that when the enemy comes at you, because he's not going to take a vacation day and leave you alone. Look, guys, you cannot be a part-time Christian with a full-time enemy. You've got to be a full-time Christian, a full-time believer, a full-time body of Christ, ready for war at the at, at just any moment's notice. And, and go study out Ephesians chapter 6, guys. Be prepared. Get to know and understand what that means. Putting on the armor of God. Walking in it. Standing in it. Glory to God. Surround yourself with good, godly, uh, scriptural teachings. I, you can see behind me, and that this is only a small part. I, I've got others on my desk that those are the ones I use a lot. And, and, and we have stuff out in, in the living room. Guys, the Word of God is never far from me. Never. And I recommend that you keep the Word of God near and dear to you. Okay? If you can't remember the verse... Keep a Bible with you. If it's an app on your iPad or your iPhone or your Android or whatever it is you use, fine, but keep it close by. If you find a verse that, if, if you're reading through the Word of God and God shows you a verse and, and it, it just blows up inside you, write that bad boy down on a piece of paper and tuck it in your pocket. And every time you reach in your pocket, you pull it out and you speak it. And you will get to know the verses. Glory to God. It, 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 it's so amazing that God gave us this gift called Jesus. And we treat it like yesterday's news. Come on, people. You know, and, and if you're not hearing from God, then spend some time in the Word. You will hear from God. Spend time in the Word. If you are spending more time watching television than you are in the Word, okay, then change it up a little bit. Give up a little bit of your television time and commit to, to being in the Word of God. And look, here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't get caught up in, well, I can't understand it. Okay, fine. Hey, look, if you're reading the King James Bible and you're struggling to understand what you're reading, go get a different version. Don't get rid of your King James, all right? 
keep it, okay? <laughs> but go get a different version, all right? The NLT, the Passion Translation, the, the Modern English Version. Um, there are so many. The Amplified, the Amplified Classic. Guys, there are so many. The NASB, so many. The NIV, so many different versions out there. Okay, and, and I'm telling you, my first Bible, and it's up here on the shelf right there, is an NIV Quest study Bible because I was not comprehending. Okay, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't stop reading just because you're not understanding it. Think of it this way. Before they can build the house, they have to pour the foundation. Before they can pour the foundation, they have to grade and do all of that work. Every time you go through the Word of God, you are preparing that foundation. You're building that foundation out. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And as you go through, and you go through, and you go through, you're going to start understanding and comprehending and receiving revelation from God about the Word of God. And you're going to get excited about it. And you're going to get hungry for it. And you're going to say, Lord, glory to God, Lord, I need more. I got to understand this. I want to, I want to understand this. I'm hungry for you, Lord. And, and it, it's going to, um, it's just going to ignite you. There's no other way to say it. It's going to ignite you. And you're going to want to know what it says. And, and so my recommendation, stay in the New Testament until you've read it through a couple of times. All right. Um, look, guys, what I see happen, what I've experienced um, is that if you jump into the Old Testament first and you study and you study and you study because, man, I got to get the Old Testament down so then I can understand the New Testament. OK, let me put it this way. Old Covenant, New Covenant. You live in the New Covenant, not the Old Covenant. All right? And so the way you want to look at the Old Covenant is through the filter of the New Covenant. Because this is where you live. Okay? So get to know your new covenant. Get to know Jesus in the new covenant. Get to know God the Father in the new covenant and the Holy Spirit in the new covenant. So that when you look through that filter at the old covenant or the Old Testament, you can start putting things into context because we don't live here. We live here. New Covenant, New Testament, sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our covenant with God the Father, the very covenant that makes us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that qualifies us to stand before God and have a conversation with Him on our own with nothing between us and Him but Jesus Christ. You don't need a man between you and God. No. You just need Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, get to know the New Testament. Read through there. Don't be afraid to go through and read and read and read and read and read. Uh, and there's different ways to read. Okay? There's different ways to meditate the Word of God. I, I recommend that you go through, um, take Matthew chapter 1, read through the whole thing. And then if you have questions about it, go back and look at it. And when you get into Acts and those kinds of things and the epistles, now the epistles, which is uh, Hebrews and, and all of those, anything from Acts on, those are epistles, okay? I should say anything after Acts, so Romans and on, that's epistles. When you read those, even though the Bible and man has taken and divided it up into chapter and verse, uh, it's been recommended and I recommend it. I believe it works very well. Go through and read it. Epistle is just a word from, for letter. It's a letter that they wrote. Go through, read it from beginning to end. 
So if you're reading um, Ephesians, then don't stop with chapter 1, but read all the way through. Okay? That's one letter. That's one epistle. And so read all the way through and then go back and read verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And, and when you run into things, guys, a Strong's Concordance, um, that's what I use uh, simply because it's what I have. Okay? If you find something that works better for you, not everybody learns the same way, but invest in your tools. Experiment with your tools. The great way to do it, and I'm going to tell you this, is to do it electronically first because typically it's, it's either free or it's cheaper, right? And then when you find what you like, then go find it in paper form, in book form, okay? And uh, I'm going to tell you a great resource, honestly, are the thrift stores, uh, the Goodwills, savers. These are great places to pick up reference books and uh, that kind of thing at a very low cost so that you can add to your library quickly. Okay. And I, I do this. I mean, I've got some books in here that you can't get. They're not in print. And, and so uh, I was fortunate enough to find some at a garage sale and, and I picked them up. Uh, my Oral Roberts King James Version with with his personal commentary. I mean, it's, I like it. It's awesome. It's something that I picked up at the Good Shepherd. I was blessed by it. His three-volume commentary on the New Testament, I found at another time. Glory to God. At another time. At the same Good Shepherd. And it's in excellent shape. Somebody had it, never used it. People give these things as gifts to people that they think will use them. They don't use them. When they pass away or when they get tired of lugging them around the nation, they give them to the Goodwills and that kind of thing. So go look for them. It's a great way to add to your library. Thriftbooks.com, that's another place to go. And then, of course, Christian Bookstore, uh, Mardell's. I love Mardell's. I enjoy going to Mardell's and spending time in there. Um, if you have one near you, it's an experience. It's a lot of fun. Now, I've filled up a lot of time here with just tips and tricks and, and stuff. So I apologize for that. Um, but I get excited about it because this isn't about um, the, the videos and the teachings and those kinds of things. This isn't about uh, me, right? Because... I, while I might learn a little bit doing these videos, it's mostly tech stuff and editing and that kind of thing is what I'm learning, not as much about the Word of God. But when I study out the Word of God to come up with this material, yes, I do learn. But I could learn more myself just sitting at my desk studying the Word of God than I can doing the videos. Does that make sense? So the videos really in the podcast, they're, they're not for me. They're for you. And, and that's why I need to share my excitement. I need to share my experiences with you so that you can, you know, maybe you never thought about going to Savers or to the Good Shepherd or to Goodwill or a thrift store. Um, maybe you never thought of looking for reference books at a garage sale. It, it's, Maybe you didn't know you were, you know, you ought to go through the New Testament before you go through the Old Testament. Look, if you go through the Old Testament first, you're going to get confused when you get to the New Testament because it, what it does is it'll leave you thinking because of the way the Old Testament is written, then God is evil and God's not evil. God is good. God is light and there is no darkness in him. And so you need to know that going through the filter of the new covenant, which is our covenant, that Jesus sealed with his own blood for us. Praise the Lord. And so, yes, I get excited. That's what these are for. These are for you and, and uh, glory to God. You know, don't get caught up in, in what do I look like? What do I sound like? Get caught up in, are you being helped? Are you learning something? Are these helping you? 
Because if they're not helping you and you're not learning anything, then don't listen to them. Don't watch them. Go find somebody that you can listen to or watch that when you do spend the time with them, that you learn, that it helps you, that it grows you. Because this is what we're all about, equipping the saints, growing the saints. Glory to God that we not stay with the milk, but we move on to maturity and to solid food. Glory to God. So that when we do put on the full armor of God, that we can stand and we can stand fast and we can kick the devil in the head and say, no, ain't happening today. Just not receiving it. Glory to God. And so, hey guys, look, in the next episode, uh, we're going to see Jesus pick his 12 apostles. We're going to see him give the Sermon on the Mount, which that should be very interesting as Luke covered it in 20 verses while Matthew took three full chapters to cover the Sermon on the Mount. And so if you've not seen the Chosen uh, series, and the only reason I bring this up is because you see Matthew with a, uh, I'm going to call it a notepad, whatever they call it in that generation, with him at all times. And he's writing things down in great detail, right? And, and so in the Chosen series, at the end of uh, season two, you see Matthew and Jesus in the field and Jesus is working his way through the Sermon on the Mount, you know, trying to uh, put down what he wants and, and that kind of thing. And, and Matthew's there writing everything down. And it's just funny. It really is. They, they, I love the way they portray Matthew. It's different. It's not what you expect, but it fits, you know, and it's a possible that it, that's the way he was. We don't, you know, I can't say for sure one way or the other, but it's enjoyable. It's a good series. Um, they're doing a very good job with it. And uh, yeah, it, it's one of the best I've ever seen. So, But at any rate, guys, have fun with the Word of God. All right? Have fun with the Word of God. Get into it. Get hungry and uh, grow yourselves. And glory to God. Hey, look, we love you and uh, Jesus loves you. Okay, and he is Lord. So the only question is, is he Lord of your life? Or is he just somebody that you get back to from time to time? If he is, make him your Lord. Give him your best. Give him all you have. Glory to God. And uh, yeah, you're going to like where it goes. So praise God. Love you guys. We will see you in the next episode. And uh, goodbye for today.